Hello, today I'm so happy to be here talking with Nadine Artemis. Nadine, how are you today? I'm great, thanks. I've um, yeah, been really looking forward to this chat. We did an interview for my previous site, Kate's Magic Bubble, but I reckon that was probably about five years ago now. I think it was, yeah, like 2012. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to update the information, and then I was really excited to see that you've got your new book out, so I thought this is the perfect opportunity. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's out. It's been out for a week now. Uh, <laughs> do you want to tell us how, how the book started? How long have you been working on it, and how did it develop? Well, I feel like... Um, I've been working on it for like 25 years because (laughs) (laughs) it truly is, um, you know, it's like a distillation of everything that I've known that I knew from, you know, the inception of formulating with botanicals and to my, you know, from my time at even at university where I was um, studying like women's studies, women's health. And then that really, you know, informed my changes in my diet to totally organic, not processed. And uh, that's when I started formulating and um, bringing in essential oils from all over the world from different distillers and, uh, and then that journey ever since. And over the years, you know, uh, I have, well, I've written a book on oral care, holistic oral care or different subjects that I've really deeply dived into, like uh, the sun and our skin, breast health, yoni health, uh, deep stuff on skin health. And so I really do feel like it is everything that I could uh, bring together that my that I know so far. And um, then when I really sat down to write, you know, I'm pulling it all together. Um, although I, so, you know, I've been, re- so if I did a talk or a presentation, I do a lot of research and in-depth study before that. So really when I sat down to write the book, the, a lot of my research and deep study was done. So it was really about bringing it all together. This is one of the things I love about your work because you do quite a lot of different interviews and podcasts and things. And I try and listen to as many as I can, but I'm always so impressed by the depth of your knowledge and understanding. You seem to to cover territories that I don't see many other people covering. Yeah, I do. I really do like going in deep, um, really with whatever I, with ever, whatever I do. And even, you know, with being formulating with botanicals and creating skincare and oral care, I really like to uh, go to the depths of the earth, see what the earth has to offer and really, understand like what's the benefits and how we're applying it to our body so um so I can really kind of maximize and optimize everything that I dive into so am I right in thinking the kind of premise of the book of Renegade Beauty is that it's not about skincare regimes and kind of external things but more about lifestyle and um things you can do just you know as part of your daily routines that help keep you looking beautiful yes it's that's totally it and also really bringing it to a wide cosmic level which is something that I feel like we have you know we've sort of sequestered ourselves from the celestial spheres and while we can you know like let's not petroleum products to put on our skin and well of course there's that layer but what's before that what's going to deeply nourish us 
And so we've got to sort of take it back to a wide step, and that's looking at the cosmos, which I like to call, uh, you know, cosmoetics. So cosmetics, the definition is, Uh um, (laughs) you know, applying things to beautify the body. And the cosmoetics is about, you know, applying nature and applying sort of universal laws to take care of the body. And so it's really about diving back in and understanding the elements and how we can engage with the elements to nourish our spirit, to nourish our beings, and yeah, really bring out that beauty from the inside out. As you know, and as everybody listening knows, our current culture of beauty is so focused on the external. So we're really caught up in the veneer of things, and that really does interfere when we're when we're living in that visual paradigm and just focused on the veneers, then we're really interfering with our body's innate intelligence uh-huh. to revive us and to restore us. So I love this idea of cosmetics. <laughs> Can you give us an example of what cosmetics might might how it might be applied? Yeah, well. We, you know, when you're applying truly natural things, that's a cosmoetic too, because it is from the earth. So, so the earth element does include all of the botanicals. So, um, you know, whether that's a clay mask, a honey mask, or, you know, using jojoba oil with roses. So there's that element. And then we've got the sun, which has, you know, we've sort of been lobbied into this loss of sunlight and marketed Mm. Uh, to be afraid of our skin's engagement with the sun. But it's really key for our health, vitality, our beauty, and healthy skin. Mm. So there's that. There's, you know, bathing in pure water, What you know, and that might just simply mean putting a shower filter on if you've got tap water. Engaging with the air, like allowing our, like on that level, allowing our skin to breathe. Uh-huh. Um you know, and if we do, if we're looking at something like a petroleum product, it's really creating like a, an invisible layer of like a saran wrap on our skin and we're stopping the respiration of our skin. So uh-huh. just going back to like air, you know, obviously we're not going to start walking around naked anytime soon. Um, so we have to think about, you know, how can we get that in? And maybe that means like natural fiber clothing and again, or, you know, removing the, uh, the petroleum products or not showering in chlorine or, you know, opening your windows uh, if it's winter and just parking a chair in front of it and reading a book, just really engaging with the air element. And then the earth, engaging with botanicals, real food, lying on the earth, clay, all that juicy stuff. Can we go back to the sun? Because this is something yeah. that I haven't seen explored a lot. I think Makola touches on it. Um but it's something I intuited because as a kid I used to, I've got, I'm very pale and I used to, my nickname is actually Snow White because I had black <laughs> hair as black as coal and skin as white as snow when I was little. Um, and I used to burn easily. Um, and since I've been doing more foods, I just, I get a really lovely golden tan and it's really unusual for me to burn and what I feel is it's connected to well it's connected to the fact that I'm really hydrated I drink a lot but also um using the healthy fats and that my my diet is really high in healthy fats and it's whether you're having raw fats or cooked fats that makes the difference in whether your skin burns a lot so personally I don't use any sun creams um but that's kind of a controversial thing to say in this day and age so 
do you want to give us your your take on it? Yes, and you are very right to you know to so we there's so many angles, but that we do engage with the sun, and it is a relationship, right? It's not like what's the sun doing to us, but also like what are we offering those sun's rays? Uh-huh. What are we uh-huh. engaging with the sun with? With and we do need hydrated bodies, not hydrated with like Coca-Cola and caffeine, <laughs> you know, which, which are dehydrating in their nature, even though they're liquids. And what we also know now is that many foods, um, because of course everything you're eating is rich in pigments and every colored food creates and builds up an internal SPF, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, there's that, you know, engaging with real food how you know when we're engaging with the sun and we are chock full of modern uh, PUFAs, the polyunsaturated fatty acids, you know, like your the bottles of canola and mazola, soy, corn, which um, hopefully nobody's guzzling those, but including that in your food and mm-hmm. most processed food is about twenty percent of those kind mm-hmm. of oils, those rancid omega six. Six is that when you have that, that's actually the contributing main contributing factor of things like hyperpigmentation and melasma, things that um, create discoloration on our face. So the fear of the solar rays is really off base. Um, and so I was really, I always feel good in the sun. So that's what I know, you know, and I'm, I'm like, I'm of European, just I'm like English, French descent. So it's not like I... You know, I don't have olive skin or anything like that. Yeah. I could, you know, I could definitely go, I could be, I could burn easily, but I have been work, looking and studying the sun for a while. And I found like, as I built up my melanin and especially in my, in, um, when I was first starting out with playing with botanicals, I would often go to the desert, uh, you know, like in California and Arizona, and I would really experiment with the plants and sun and build them up, layer them. What's different about myrrh or tamanu, St. Saint, Saint, um, John's wort, sea buckthorn oil, and really playing and formulating. That's how I got to the formula for everybody loves the sunshine. Mm. Um, so, so it's good to have an oil sometimes on your body because it can, it can extend your time, you know, for depending on the person and skin type, like 15 minutes, 30 minutes, for some people an hour, for some people that's all they ever need. And the, because the oils protect the plants with their oils and pigments and secretions, it's a very good ally for us to to be in the sun's rays with. I think of them as sun harmonizers because an, a, a true SPF, it, it can only be classified for a, a synthetic skincare, like a synthetic sunscreen. It's literally you know, just allowed for a certain range of ingredients that are synthetic, but plants really do offer a similar quality. You know, you can layer on plants and really achieve like sort of a, a six or a 12 equivalent of an SPF, but that's just sort of some wise tips for interacting. But really we do, we really need to know that our skin is designed to engage with the sun, to be touched with the sun, to interact with the sun. When the sun's rays hit our skin, our pores dilate to receive the rays and then a whole bunch of amazing um, chemical, biochemical reactions occur that our bodies need. And of course we know about vitamin D3, which the sun creates. And, but when we get the sun creating that with our bodies, it's totally different than the, the supplement 
because the sun creates a water-soluble vitamin D3 and mm-hmm. the supplement is always a fat-soluble. It's mm-hmm. an important fat-soluble vitamin, but we need the water-soluble to purify our b- blood, to activate our microbiome, and to fill our vitamin D receptors, which, which there are thousands all over the body, you know, from, the t- from our skin to our intestines, They're everywhere and they need to be brimming with the vitamin D3. And if they're not, then bacterial lingens will invade the empty vitamin D receptors and really shut down the immune system. So now we have like scientific evidence that is highlighting why at the turn of the 19th century, there was, you know, Nobel Prizes awarded for sun therapy, and there were clinics in Switzerland where they were curing thousands of people of tuberculosis and wounds and rickets. And so it's like we've got to bring that modern science back to understanding, you know, even even before all that, just like ancient cultures, they knew the value of the sun. They found it to be the best remedy. They encouraged, you know, the like the original Olympic athletes were required to bathe in the sun because it builds muscle. It's, it's so vital for our body to get those rays. And really, it's responsible for all life on the planet. It is literally our form of photosynthesis. And it's great, too, to enjoy chlorophyll. So, you know, whether it's a green juice or literally chlorophyll in water as you're in and engaging with the sun. So for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere like you are yourself and we have these mm-hmm. really really long I was just speaking before I spoke to you I spoke to one of my friends in LA and the sun's really bright she's like it's 85 <laughs> degrees I know <laughs> <laughs> but for those of us who don't live in California how do you recommend dealing with these long winters yes well definitely start in the spring and start early and when the cool air is around you and you're sun tanning that's even better for your body and muscle tone So if possible, you know, even create like a wind shelter, like, which is great because then also that might be a privacy shield Mm. where you can, um, you know, tan and enjoy the sun with as much uh, skin exposed Mm. as possible without scaring your neighbors. (laughs) And uh, so start early and really build up that. So, um, you know, like start as soon as uh, the spring like as soon as you, as we get to spring equinox and then, uh, you, and then you kind of got to make the time for it. And, you know, so if it's on your lunch hour or in the morning, um, you just, you, it's like really about putting it into your lifestyle. Mm. And when you build up that too, you're building up the melanin and you're building up slowly. So for people that haven't tanned in a long time, that's going to really help. And so you really want to commit to it and then go all the way in the fall till like as much as you can, usually till about November, Mm. because we're also like solar batteries. So we, you know, that will charge us for a while in the winter though. But I always find by January, I definitely feel like uh, something's changed. Mm. Um, And I definitely, I start supplementing in November too, because there's just, I think, no way around that right now. Mm. And if you are supplementing with D3, you want to be taking that also with vitamin K2, because they really work synergistically. Mm. And then they're, they're so great for bone health and teeth health because, and just overall health, because uh, they help to us, they usher in the minerals into our bones 
And that, so that takes them out of the blood supply, puts them into the bones, and then we're preventing things like calcification and that kind of stuff because we need the minerals in the bones. Do you have a favorite brand? I don't. I kind of experiment. There's a, there's a Canada one. I can't remember the brand, but they put it in. It's in coconut oil, so I like mm. that. It feels pretty clean. I use Garden of Life. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. They have a women's multivit, women's over 40 multivit, and I, I feel that's really um, effective. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so you also, when you're telling us about the different subjects in the book, you mentioned yoni health, which is another <laughs> subject that doesn't get talked about very much. I know Gwyneth Paltrow has been <laughs> uh, in the headlines for talking about this kind of thing, but usually people just are quite derisive about it. Do you want to tell us why you think it's important to, is it an important subject to consider? Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, for so many reasons, it's so important. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a barometer for our health as well as women. And one of the um, recurring themes for me or areas where I connect the dots is looking at the microbiome. So that's really come to light in the past um, 20 years with a real, you know, and then really in the past decade, making a lot of headway with it. And um, so beyond the gut, we have a skin microbiome that is so vital to our immune system. And when we apply, you know, that those commercial drugstore products on our skin, we're literally mutating the microbiome and we're not allowing our skin to function properly. Another big area is the mouse microbiome, which is so key to understanding for thriving dental health. And then for women, a huge and important microbiome is the yoni's microbiome. And, um, you know, including from why we're designed to be go, you know, to be born through the vaginal canal. Those are our like, so going through that vaginal canal is our first inoculation with our maternal micro mother, like microbiome genome comes from that maternal side. And then, um, you know, then you come out and you've got this waxy white layer, which is the vernix. And that's like this probiotic pantina, Mm. which in today's modern births, that's like, okay, quick, we'll set off the baby. And meanwhile, that's got all this information in there. Wow. All, yeah, all these essential microbes. So you actually don't want to wash your baby for a few days. Wow. Yeah. And then, um, and then the mystery of all these oligosaccharides in breast milk, which are these indigestible sort of sugars um and nobody could figure out why they're in there and of course now we know that they're in there because they're feeding the microbiome so it's all like prebiotic food for all the probiotics in the gut and then as we we know that the breast milk you know helped our immune system or helped form the child's immune system but we just didn't know all the ins and outs so really then even another um reason to understand formula formula because our what we get from our mother's microbiome and what's in us is like our sort of sourdough starter culture <laughs> you know and then the breast milk like activates it and brings it to life so besides all the crazy ingredients in formula it just doesn't have that life force to activate yeah. the microbiome so if for some reason you can't 
breastfeed, you really want to look at going into like how you're going to create, you know, milk that's really active to activate all that sort of stuff. So that's like where it all starts. And then, um, and our, you know, and so our vaginal health is so key, even from like, if you have a gum infection that could, that can affect like having a preterm child. Um, if, if the microbiome isn't thriving, that could be the reason why there's infertility issues. Mm. So it's really something that hasn't been explored. And then if we think about our modern vaginal hygiene, I mean, of course it is so askew. And in the book, I take a little journey through, um, looking at the feminine hygiene products that I was, I think I start with, um, Lysol, Lysol, this is like in the fifties was recommended for douching. Lysol, which I was still so crazy. Oh, Lysol. It's like something that you clean your toilets with, your bathrooms, (laughs) like and it's really good soda. (laughs) Totally. And of course, none of us have that in our house, let alone be putting it in our vagina. And the ads were insane. Like, you know, if your husband isn't coming near you, you know, you need to uh be douching with Lysol and you can look up those ads on Google, just like Google, uh, Lysol douche and you'll be shocked. Um, so I sort of take a journey through the feminine hygiene situation and we really have to think of all those things that we're putting into our vagina that are synthetic or tampons that have, um, mold issues, dioxins, heavy with the GMOs and we have to realize like the va- the vagina is this the skin you know the, the skin in there is thin it's it's the it's epithelium it's just like the inside of our mouth so its ability to draw things into the body is huge and um so things like you know spermicides and all that stuff we gotta stop putting it in there because then we get a whole, we're supposed to be, the vagina is supposed to be a slightly acidic environment and all of this stuff throws it off. And even things like, you know, KY jelly or like water, glycerin, water-based lubricants are usually seen as, you know, perhaps, and they're a clear white gel. So maybe they seem a little like a pure choice, but even something that seems so inoculate, like so mild, like a glycerin um, creates a situation called osmolarity. And so the cells release their water to create an equilibrium Mm. on the outside of the cell. And so then the real cell dries up and shrivels like a raisin. So when, when one, yeah, when one scientist was looking at them under the microscope, he was like, Oh my God, they become raisins Mm. just from using Mm. like that kind of lubricant. And so what that happens too, is that then our vaginal cells um, die earlier, they slough off earlier, and studies show that you're more susceptible to even STDs mm. because the, the health that the, the environment is not as resilient. So what's your preferred method to use when you need to catch your blood flow in your monthly cycle? What do you like to use? I, I, have, uh, I have some of those new underwear that are designed to catch it I'm still like I don't always get it I'm like really that holds that much I don't know but I'm so I'm playing with those but I just for you know 
so long I've just been using like organic pads, uh-huh. you know, and there's great pad systems, but I, 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 I get it. If you have a situation where I don't know, swimming or something, you know, you may need a tampon, you may not, you know, but generally even an organic tampon, you don't want to be putting up there. Uh-huh. And I also feel, you know, God bless the, um, uh, the keeper or the cat, you know, the catching mm. things. Yeah. Because that's really great. And it's really great for the environment, but it's not, you don't want to be putting stuff up there. That's like with man-made ingredients for like extended periods of time. And you want to, you really want to let it flow is the other thing, you know? So, so all the, those things are great. They're good alternatives, but they're all like kind of plugs mm. and you gotta, you gotta let it flow. And, you know, some women are even, like, just putting sheets on the bed and doubling up and also so that at night they can just let it flow. Yeah. You know, different things like that. But we really, there's so much to undo there. I use a with, sea sponge. I learned that from Annie Jab. What do you think yeah. about sea sponges? I, I, oh, my God, yeah, the last, this has been, a, been about 20 years since I've used one of those. But those, that I like, that has a little more fluidity to it. Um, but yeah, I definitely had, uh, was using the sea sponge a long time ago. So I know in your range you have some products. Um, I forget the name. It's petal something, isn't it? You only oh, yeah. Petal primer. Petal, what, what would a person do primer. with those? Yeah, we've got the petal primer and the petal soother and petal passion. Uh-huh. So the petal primer uh, can be used by anyone and during the day, like and can be used any day. It also has vitamin D3 in it because we can absorb vitamin D3 transdermally, which is another great way to get your vitamin D if you don't want to take a supplement. Wow. You can be applying it to the skin because it's wow. it's a fat soluble. And um, so that's just good. It creates like a good, it's kind of like, you know, using a serum on your face. It just helps the environment. It helps the tissues. And um, it kind of just is a protective barrier, you know, very mildly, even against just the, because we're all, you know, using toilet paper can be drying and it has sort of chemicals in it and that sort of thing. So it just creates like a nice barrier that protects against that. And then it's also designed for the months prior to giving birth. And it it can be done with that perineum massage and really get the, that area ready to expand. And then the petal soother I designed after I gave birth because I found Right. I mean, so much goes on down yeah, there. Yeah. You're like, whoa. And um, I didn't want to walk around with like a little pack of ice on or anything. And I was also like, I just felt like that. I don't know if you remember, but just like that before you haven't gone pee yet. And you're just kind of like, oh, what's mm. that going to feel like? Mm. So I just quickly whipped something up before I even did <laughs> went pee. And then I put that all on and it was just like, ah. <laughs> so it's really calming and cooling. We've got all our calming and cooling oils in there like yarrow and peppermint. And so it's really good for that whole area. But also it's really good for women that have um, yeast infections, vaginitis. And there's even um, something called vulvodynia Mm -hmm. which is uh, not a yeast infection but it does create very a lot of irritation and and itching and so it's really helped a lot of women out of sort of some what felt like impossible Mm. situations to find relief from Mm. amazing um 
So let's talk a little bit about oral care. I mean, that's really your specialist subject, isn't it? So I feel like there's a lot of information that you've put out there. You mentioned the book, which is a essential book, I would say, for every household, the Holistic Dental Care book. Um, maybe you could just... Maybe you could just tell us what your own personal oral hygiene routine is, what you do in the in the morning and the evening, what you think are the most important things for people to include that they might not already be doing. Oh, that's a good question. First, I always just uh, like to advise people to stop doing probably what a lot of what they're doing. So you really, even if you just take it down to a level of like baking soda and sea salt, and that's and like, you know, that is great. So we want to stop using, you know, like um, alcohol, mouthwashes, and toothpaste with sodium oil sulfate, glycerin, triclosan, uh, all that kind of stuff. We just want to immediately stop using. And um, what I do is I often like to just do a quick rinse so with either baking soda in the water or salt water and then a drop of one of the dental serums I usually do with healthy gumdrops and then I'll scrape my tongue and then I use just a normal manual toothbrush that's ionic so it uh, makes the saliva with a negative ion charge uh -huh. and just that alone lifts plaque off the teeth by about 40% more because it changes the ions in the saliva. Can you and explain then, that? Because I have an ionic yeah. toothbrush as well. And yeah. people, you know, it sounds like really flash. And I go, it's got a titanium <laughs> rod. But I don't really know how to explain <laughs> to people what it's doing. Could you, could you fully explain to us why those ionic toothbrushes are so good? Yeah, so the titanium rod's really just the conductor. But the titanium isn't in your mouth. And it just needs a source of light to hit it. Um, and then it just makes this ionic charge. And so it's, uh, normally we think of positive words as positive and negative as negative, but negative ions are really good. Uh -huh. That's what's like coming off the ocean waves crashing against the seashore. Uh -huh. And then that's in the air has like all these negatively charged ions or like the air before it rains and through the ionic action, it just, so even if you had no magical toothpaste on your toothbrush, just the toothbrush alone is going like, and more than a, just a normal. So you're going to use it like a normal toothbrush, but just, you know, the toothbrush alone with the ionic charge lifts plaque off your teeth. So it's just another tool in, in, in your repertoire to, you know, keep the mouth clean and get, get off the plaque and biofilms. So how do negative ions remove plaque? How do they do that? By changing the, chemical the biochemistry of the saliva oh. and so then you get your saliva working even more for you so uh -huh. to speak and then we add in you know the more the all the other juicy stuff so you want to because you don't want biofilms in the mouth because that's what's harboring the pathogenic bacteria and um then oh yeah then i'm scraping did i say scraping time then i'm yeah. brushing yeah, and then oh, and then all my toothbrush I'll use like uh, the ozone healthy gum drops, the healthy gum drops, a little pinch of one of our toothpaste, which I'm always you know using different ones. We have new ones, we have powders, we have paste, um, and so it's fun. My new favorite is the wintergreen clean charcoal toothpaste. Uh -huh. Wow! 
Yeah, that's really fun. And is it black? Um, yeah, it's black. Yeah. But it gets your teeth white. <laughs> and then I'll use a, an electric toothbrush. So I kind of I brush my teeth twice, and that's what I do. I recommend for people because you need to get like so that first time too when you're working with the manual brush, you're really like almost like you're brushing your gums. So you're starting on the gum line and going down gum line down on the top row. And if it's the bottom row, you're touching the brush on the gum line. Like, I mean, before the gum line, like the gums, <laughs> the actual gums, uh-huh. and then you're brushing up. So you don't want to go back and forth on, you know what I mean? You're going to be brushing one way on when you're doing the front, not the tops of your teeth, not the surfaces of the teeth, but the sides. So whether it's the inside side or the outside side, it's just one way, one way. So we all have to like slow down and we all, most of us have to press less hard because if you're, if you're to, your toothbrush in, a, in six months should look like when you bought it, it should not have like splayed bristles at all. Not even a little bit. If that's happening, you've got way too much pressure and whether you're a 200 pound man or an eight year old, Everybody needs to use soft bristles. Okay. Because we really need to take care of our gums because gum recession is huge. And um, so then that with your, when you're working with the electric toothbrush, that's when you're really like not thinking, the gums are a little bit out of the picture and now you're really polishing those pearly whites. And what's great is if you, you know, like we have a, a dry tooth powders or, um, one of the paste, but you use it on a dry brush and then you're really focusing on the polish and that really helps to get, remove plaque and bring out whiteness. Um, and then I'll check my gum line with one of those rubber tools sometimes and just really make sure that the gum line is clean. If ever there's an area that I, I need to, uh, pay a little attention to, I'll use one of our syringes so we have these blunt tip syringes and you can um, draw in, you know, salt, a little bit of salt water with um, some healthy gumdrops of the Yogi 2 serum, just a drop of that. And then you can uh, just flush out in between the teeth or right at the gum line. And it helps to put all that, the good, I call them the botanical biotics into that area and helps to clean that area out. Um, it really helps to strengthen the gums in between the teeth. If you're flossing and you get and you get bleeding, you really want to be doing that. And then also taking one of the dental serums, just one drop, and putting that along the gum line and hey. then flossing. So I will floss after, and I usually floss about twice. Okay, wow. And do you use interdental brushes as well? Uh, just, well, I find with the flossing in the syringe, I don't need to, And my but, son- but, but the inter- interdental brushes are a great tool, especially get the really thin ones. And again, you want to be putting a drop of dental serum on those interdental brushes. Cause then your work is going to be, you know, a thousand times better for the effort. Uh-huh. My son likes to use the mouthwashes that you get in the health food store. So like jason's brand or there's like a few different brands do you think they're not advisable yeah if i saw a uh, ingredient list right now i'm sure i'd have a lot to say (laughs) (laughs) 
So you don't do any kind of math wish thing after you've done that? Protocol. Yeah, I'll do the same thing I did in the beginning, like which is just with the salt water or uh-huh. baking soda and water and a drop of the dental serum, which is which will make it minty fresh. And then what's great about the salt and baking soda is that's alkalinizing your mouth, and then uh-huh. you've got the uh, and then you're swishing around with the with the drop of a potent dental serum and gives you the you know the minty mouth mouth freshness that we all love, and um, that's far better because the things that are in so many dental products, even ones at the health food store, is it's literally mutating and and disrupting our yeah. mouse microbiome. Yeah. And if the balance is off in the mouse microbiome, then it can't do its right. innate work that it's supposed to do. Right. So, for example, everybody's mouth has um, streptococcus, streptococcus mutans, and yeah. that's a cavity-causing uh, bacteria but we don't all get cavities from it. So what we're now understanding is that when we're missing, you know, the, the, the bacteria's buddies, then we're throwing things into imbalance because yeah. we want the other bacteria to, to, to take care of that strep. And so when we're just literally using everything that's been designed for dental care, um, we're disrupting that whole relationship. And what's really neat uh, now, because a lot of the ingredients that I use, you know, like frankincense, clove, cinnamon, rosado, myrrh, mastic, tea tree, depending on the culture, these ingredients have been used for thousands of years in one way or another for oral care. Whether you're chewing the mastic or frankincense resin or chewing on a tea tree uh, stick, all of these things have been used, and including salt sea salt and all that kind of stuff and so now the science is showing us the really cool thing especially about essential oils is that they to varying degrees like like clove oil has about 74 percent effectiveness as a quorum sensing inhibitor qsi for short and what that means is these oils these essences these botanical biotics literally can stop the gene expression and the communication of pathogens. Wow. They inhibit the quorum sensing. And so when pathogens are starting to take over, they start to team up, buddy up, and then because normally they're just like a free-floating individual, mm-hmm. like a plankton in the ocean, then they start grouping together like a little gang mm. and you know, getting stronger and stronger. And then the essences can come in and break that up. They mm. can break through biofilms in ways that antibiotics cannot, or in ways that now that we are in, a, in an antibiotic resistance era, we are, have these other alternatives that we can do to heal and seal the gums and to help balance the mouth's microbiome because what even though they're quorum sensing inhibitors and they're taking care of the pathogens they're able to work beneficially with the beneficial bacteria so whereas an antibiotic is kind of like an indiscriminate assassin of all bacteria the essential oils can work with the pathogens but um, eradicate pathogens but work with uh, in a friendly way with the beneficial bacteria mm-hmm. And then you can add to that mouthwash, you can even open up a capsule of a probiotic and then you can work on reseeding your mouth. Mm. 
Or even in that dental syringe, you could get open a, a probiotic in that salt water drop of dental serum, draw that up into the syringe and get that in between your teeth and under the gum line. I'm just wondering, because there's all the research now about the link between um, lack of gut bacteria and depression, do you know if mm -hmm. there's any research between you know, poor oral care and, and how it affects our mental state? I don't have direct uh, research, but um, to me that only makes sense because if we're lacking the gut bacteria, mm. I mean, so many systems in our body can go off. You know, even even the lack of gut bacteria can lead to a, an imbalance in our vaginal bacteria. Mm. Yeah, it's all connected. Mm. So that routine that you just told us about, do you do that same routine twice a day? No, usually once with a quicker one at the end of the day because I did... It's like I designed that routine to, to get out of sort of like, you know, some neglect and not seeing the dentist for, you know, like in my 20s. That's when I designed that. I call it the eight steps for mm. successful oral care. Um, and I do have that in the book. And it's on the website. There's also uh, the book has a chapter with recipes and stuff as well. Mm. Renegade Beauty Recipes. Mm. And so really simple ones that are totally effective. There's like tooth butter cups in there which you can use for oil pulling and oil swishing. And we've got toothpaste recipes, mouthwash recipes. Mm. And really simple, like you don't even usually have to pull out a blender or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and is, uh, when does that happen in the morning? Do you, do you not eat or drink anything until you've done that? Or do you have a drink first? Or uh, Yeah, I'll usually have a drink first. It's more like, yeah, when we, we like to hang out for a while in the morning so it's once sort of we're up and up and running so what would be your morning drink oh it's different all the time today I had and then Ron makes it so I don't always even know what's in it <laughs> <laughs> um, but today was some kind of ma warm maca magic it was really creamy mm. and yummy nice. in the summer you know it might be a smoothie and definitely water water is always first uh -huh. oh I love watermelon juice in the morning uh -huh. it's good too uh -huh. yeah so let's talk about food and superfoods, my favorite topic, superfoods. What, <laughs> what would you recommend, um, what, what do you discuss in the book in terms of foods and superfoods being the top ones for getting you that healthy glow, that healthy shine? Yeah, the food, the food I have sort of sprinkled all throughout and including in the sun, I mean the skin chapter and that kind of stuff. And then at the end not at the end end, but there's another chapter called Renegade Beauty Solutions. And it's sort of like an A to Z of, because of, I've, over the years, I've gotten thousands and thousands of questions from women, right? Like, what do I do about cysts or dark circles mm -hmm. under the eyes or poison ivy or, or a food? Um, so I do have things on that. And then you'll see like tips in each area, even in the, so it's sort of sprinkled all throughout. Um, Definitely, you know, or whether it's for hormonal effect and that kind of stuff. But I do feel like what's important, I think some of the takeaways are uh, pigment-rich foods. We always want to include pigment-rich foods in our diet. So again, whether that's the chlorophyll or green juices or kale or, you know, you know, just food that has color. Yeah, <laughs> Real food. <laughs> and then, yeah, superfoods. I think are, you know, obviously have, are great because with so many foods 
being depleted in minerals and vitamins and having lost our, our, some of our heirloom varieties, you know, most superfoods are still the heirloom variety. They're grown in special locations. They haven't been over agriculturalized and that sort of, so the information for our bodies is still there and that's really key. Um, also healthy fats are very important Mm -hmm. as you mentioned before. And what I feel like are not beauty foods really for anybody are things like soy, Uh which really wreak havoc on, um, our endocrine system. And, uh, really for most women do throw off hormones to such an extent that they're getting acne from that, that, and they may not know how their skin's reacting to that, but I've seen a lot of acne go away just by eliminating soy. And I, I never thought I was one that didn't needed to worry about gluten, but, um, and I've had many different, you know, like I've gone years without it, but then a few years ago, I really was just like, okay, no more. Let's see what it's like. And the results were amazing. And again, I didn't think I had any gluten intolerance Mm -hmm. at all. But just so many subtle things just went away. Even like, and I, I love uh, taking care of my body. And one of my favorite ways is just simply to get a massage. But then it was like six months I hadn't even had one. I didn't even think of one. And I just feel like a layer, a little bit of tension had left the body because I feel like there might have been just micro, micro inflammation, you know, that was just like sort of calling me to have that massage more. That's just a personal antidote. Yeah. But I really feel like foods like wheat, you know, is not a beauty food. And we really want to have our sugar in check because once when our blood lo- when our blood sugar levels are high, so like that's that's when you know inflammation starts. And where inflammation starts, many issues in the body, you know, can show up. So many things are the result of, of, of inflammation that can be eliminated by keeping our blood sugar level intact. What about the um, Chinese herbs and the Ayurvedic herbs? Do you use those much? Yeah, you know, we do. And it's sort of, I mean, our house is basically just like a herbal apothecary. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, it's a changing thing, you know, like I feel maca to me seems like a, it's a herb, but it seems, well, it's a superfood. It's, you know, but to me that seems like a, a staple, but really all of our herbs change. I mean, I love, there's another morning drink. I love nettles in the morning. Ah. So I usually do like a Mason jar, put, put a few tablespoons on the bottom, fill it up with hot water and then put a lid on it. And then in the, in the morning, that's uh, all ready to go. It's really deeply steeped. And that's a really, it's simple. It's one ingredient and it's such a tonic for our, our whole body. So do you pick the nettles yourself? Yes, we have our nettles wow. and then we just dry them. That's a really easy, it, they usually go, cr- right? They go crazy. So they're so, you don't yeah. have to try and, yeah. you don't have to try to grow them at all. Mm. And easy to find too. Like at a herb store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your top tip for picking them? Uh, just wear gloves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or get your son to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what's your favorite new piece of information? What's your favorite kind of new juicy discovery that you've made recently? 
that's hard because I, I feel like. Uh, what's your favorite I, thing to talk about? Like, if you're just chatting with one of your girlfriends and you're like, what's the like most interesting thing that you've got on your mind at the moment? Ah, uh, well, you know, sometimes it. It, it really is about, I've, I'm fascinated by the microbiome because uh-huh. I feel like, you know, so many things that we've experienced in these modern decades, I just feel like with understanding the microbiome, I'm like, oh my God, now we know that it exists and generally how it works. I'm sure there's so much more to discover. Everything, it was such a dot connector for me. Yeah. Like to just, you know, to really, it just, I already understood so much about the mouth, but then it just tied it all together. And then t- even like knowing our ear canals have a, a, a microbiome and doesn't that just then make oh. all, sense all of a sudden for ear infections, especially with children that are gluten intolerant and then they get a buildup in the ear canal. And, you know, so I just feel like when we understand that microbiome, we can just really understand how our body works. And then especially when we think too, because really everything in the universe is vibration Yeah. and knowing that our bodies are a banquet of bacteria that we're really just this tapestry of a teeming with trillions of microbes that, you know, to feel beautiful, we're holding like each of those cells, each of those bacteria, they're their own consciousness as well. Mm. And we're, you know, the host of this party. Yeah. That's what I think is fascinating is that we're more bacteria than cells. So we think of ourselves as as a like individual but actually we're we're host to more foreign organisms than we are our own organism (laughs) we are which is crazy but then when we think like that is life like right that's Uh micro life Uh and to me like I have a chapter called the milky way in the microbiome because I don't know if I look up at the stars that makes me think of our cells and our microbiome because we're just it's all about worlds upon worlds upon worlds and so you know we can tune into in a very general way in meditation or in our thoughts we can just think of these billions of bacteria and cells in our body and there that we've got these billions of points of consciousness in and on our bodies and these cells and bacteria bacterial beingness they also desire balance and they continually seek the improved conditions from the contrast of life that they're experiencing so I feel like when we can get out of the way a bit you know or stop applying that applying that KY jelly or that (laughs) peroxide to your acne we get out of the way and we can allow like the consciousness of our skin the consciousness of ourselves to come into alignment. And I think an easy way to do that is by appreciating our bodies and appreciating all that they are doing without us thinking about it. Like we're not like before we go to bed going, you know, okay, is my blood working? Is my liver working? (laughs) And so just allow that. And maybe that will help us uh, step out of critiquing what's not going right with our bodies or why do I have a zit today or that wrinkle and just really immerse yourselves in the brilliance of our beings and this whole bacterial system yeah somebody did tell me once there's as many stars in the sky as bacteria in the body I don't know if that's true (laughs) I'm sure cells in the body stars in the sky as cells in the body it's the same number they said (laughs) 
Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Although I feel like we keep learning about the cosmos and, you know, there's like, like, I don't know, is it something like they think now there's like over 400 million solar systems? Wow. That's solar systems. Like our little, you know, our Mercury to Pluto, well, it's not really Pluto anymore, but that whole thing, there's 400 millions of those <laughs> in, you know, in their own renditions. That's mind-blowing. Is can't, can't go there. <laughs> um, so just to finish then, just let's talk quickly about your products. They're one of the most best-loved ranges on our website. We get so many customer testimonials of people who just adore them, rave about them. Um, oh, we also seem to add more like every month and yet we still don't have them all. <laughs> how, how many products have you created? Do you know? I don't know. Although I, I'm always asked, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's over a hundred or so and we won't stop. <laughs> I think also, I think I really wanted to commit to, I also like as I, you know, travel through this life, I see, oh, we need that, we need that. And I do get, you know, we get thousands of emails all the time or issues that need to be solved and then a new plant will come up. But also because when people dive into living libations, they do love it and treasure it. And so I really feel committed to taking care of all the parts of our body. So because I know that our my, my, I myself and also our clients and your clients, everybody loves living libations. If they love it, they kind of just want to use living libations. So mm -hmm. I just feel committed to like covering all aspects. And, you know, in my two year plan, I, I'm working on some mascara even just so that people, oh, lovely. you know, and there's, they're actually in the book, there's a recipe for a, a charcoal based mascara. Oh, it's really okay. simple. Wow. Yeah. We've got 172. I think that's because we have like different sizes of the same thing. True. Oh, yeah. If I include all this, I think we're over like three. I think we're close to 400. So, wow. yeah, I got to count that one day. So it's probably impossible to do, but can you try and give us your top five? If you're on a desert island, you could only take five of your products with you. <laughs> <laughs> or you're, you're traveling and you've only got hand luggage, so you can only take small things with you. What would you take? Okay. So I definitely need a basket ever because I feel like you could literally just have that and you could take care of so many parts of your body because that's for washing your face, moisturizing your face, you moisturizing your whole body. Um, if you wanted to put some hair oil in or have cuticle oil or quite frankly, even if you needed a lubrication for lovemaking, it would work. And if you even needed to be in the sun, it would add a little bit, not as much as everybody has sunshine, but something. Which one and my, is this? I missed the my, It's the best skin ever. Best so we have, ah. yeah, and we have like, I think seven or eight best skin evers. Yeah. But my favorite is the rose. Yeah. Or this, yeah, I'll just, I love them all. Anyway, so there. <laughs> Which was <laughs> so your video. second favorite? Oh, then I was like, see Buckthorn or Sandalwood? Buckthorn. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, now I'm trying, okay, so then I would need a poetic pit. Because uh -huh. got to take care of the pits. And my fave fave is Neroli Poetic Pits, which is like the most decadent one. But actually, I was making it for myself. And I thought, hey, uh, maybe some other people would like it. It's the most decadent one because it's like with ho just Hawaiian sandalwood and Neroli. 
and like Ylang, but it's so yummy. So I would do that. And then I, knowing I could even use that as my perfume if I wanted. So that's my deodorant perfume. And then I would need something for my mouth. And I feel like if I had to narrow it down, maybe because I think the most potent one is the ozone, ozonated healthy gumdrops. That's yeah. an ozonated version. Yeah. So that's three. And then, oh, I'd need a shampoo and conditioner. And I literally, I think that would be the bare bones of taking care of my body. And then I, I'm loving the um, true blue shampoo. Uh-huh. And then I love, but I, instead of the true blue conditioner, I actually love using the honey myrtle conditioning mask, uh-huh. which is just so decadent and, um, and smells so good. It's like got jasmine in it and stuff, but it's really rich and, um, you know, I have thicker hair. So I just, and I love a new thing I discovered last year was like putting conditioner on shampooing and then conditioning. And I just, it made my hair so, so great. I mean, I think if you have thin hair, that might not be the way to go. Okay. So you do conditioner once, shampoo once, conditioner once. Yeah. Cause I, I, we got a question from a client about she just heard about like advice to condition first and it was like becoming a thing. And then I tried it and I was like, Oh, I really like it. <laughs> it's just, just fun things. So that would be the basics, but that would be hard to pare then, it down that much. <laughs> I'm going to let you pack a chocolate bar as well. Which chocolate? Bar oh. you pack? <laughs> I love the all together now, uh-huh. the mint one. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nadine. I mean, Thank we you. could probably talk for a week and still not Yes. <laughs> but thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciated being with you today. And everyone, and I mean everyone, <laughs> needs to get themselves a copy of the Renegade Beauty book because yeah I feel like it's just unparalleled work I don't I don't know of anyone else that's gone into the same areas with such depth and clarity I think it is a unique offering in the in the book beauty world and um you know it's over 400 pages wow and I think I'm the feedback because it's just been out for a week, but the reviews are coming in and there's so much love and appreciation. So I'm really excited. And I really, I did want to distill like everything I knew so far into a comprehensive book. And there's a lot of levity. There's uh, you know, there's a lot of light moments. There's philosophical moments. There's so much practical information too. So there's like, it's just really full bodied. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you.